to Full Scope, a podcast of two guys in their 20s, giving the perspective on the games that we love, headlines of pop culture, and the meaning behind it all. I'm your host, Winsor Burns, along with counterpart Savon Morris. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good, man. It's going pretty... It's going. Good. It's going. Pretty good. Yeah. It's going gonna be the key word for the... <laughs> you know, <It's> going. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the, I'm the, not depressed, but you know, just looking at the news, man. It's a lot of, a lot of war uh, going yeah. on, so it's going. Dark news. Yeah, it's going. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's, it's unavoidable it's, it's really unavoidable <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um but, but uh for this particular episode we're going to get into uh, just a lot of topics that we always do um a few nba topics a recap of you know um, all-star weekend um also some album reviews in the second half we're going to do a review of friday night lights but start off with just thoughts on the amazing performance steph curry put on uh, for the all-star game um, in this past Sunday night's All-Star game, uh, Team LeBron beat t- Team Durant 163-160. to Steph put, just put on another shooting clinic the entire night, hitting 16 three-pointers and scoring 50 points. Um, while Le- LeBron had an extremely impressive one-legged turnaround jumper to clinch the victory. Um, but in terms of just the performance Steph put on and him breaking another record, um, what were kind of some of your thoughts on it? And just even some of the other headlines from the All-Star weekend, because people... Have already said no more dunk contests. No more. Like, like we're, we're officially. <laughs> that was another headline. <laughs> that was, headline, that, but, was but, but, that was terrible. That was yeah, a but 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 in, in terms of Steph's performance and also some other headlines from the the, the All Star Weekend, uh, for some of your thoughts. Man, Steph is the best shooter ever, man. Like, sub, man. Th- especially that that half court shot, and he's turned around and just like when he turned around, I was like, oh, no, bro, no, do you no. know how perfect <laughs> shooter you have to be to be that confident and then make it from that deep, bro? His range is incredible. He is the best shooter. I don't care. As Reggie, he's past Reggie, he's past Ray, all the guys. He's the best shooter ever. I don't think it will ever. Only person that come close is Clay Thompson, but I don't think anybody will ever break that record. Anybody. But yeah, I mean, I wish uh, Ja would have made that dunk he tried. Bro, that would have oh, been nasty. Goodness. He should have been in a dunk contest, but. That's what I was saying. And, and, and Reggie Miller even, at, like, like, he asked him that during the game, and Ja said, like, he definitely will be in it next year. He better, because we. We, <laughs> we got Cole Anthony Duncan and Tim's. <laughs> Yo, oh my gosh. Oh my man. I was like, bro. I was like, what? This is not even good. Like, y'all are missing dunks. It's not even creative. <laughs> it's not even creative. Like, we get me, Aaron Gordon, uh, Zach, Levine, Zach Levine, all these guys made us. Point. Oh my goodness. Back like, in 2016. You know, even 2020, he, uh, Aaron Gordon did the Toronto. It. The Toronto All Star weekend was like, Low key, kind of the best All Star weekend ever. <laughs> you I had you had Kobe, Lebron. Oh my goodness, man! Yo, that was just just terrible. And then I mean, everybody was playing hard. It was I mean, wasn't playing really hard, but it's just I don't know. Then Lebron winning it with the the fadeaway jumpers. Yeah, that was just, yeah, and Cleveland, which is really crazy, man. Um, but did, no, you, did you did you buy like like in terms of him saying like I'm not closing the door on. A possible Cleveland return. Like, do you did you feel as though that that statement was one of those things where it was just like he felt like, okay, I'm I'm in this environment. I I, I want to like give Cleveland like the 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 best feelings while I'm here. Or was it one of those things where you could possibly see like maybe one year down the road that could possibly happen? I mean, if they would want to draft Brawny, I think that's an yeah. opportunity where it would be perfect for the both of them. They're still a young team. LeBron goes back to Cleveland. They'll make a run. Does Brawny get in the lineup? Does he come off the bench? Headlines go crazy. Cleveland popping again. And yeah. he's retiring after that. So <laughs> they left my That's what I'm saying. Do you, do you go all in just for one year? Like, like, like that's what Cleveland has to think about. I mean, I think they deserve it because since LeBron has left, 
they have been non-existent. And those like three or four years, him being there in the last year and the, the J.R. Smith thing and him being by himself, and they're trading for Hood. They got like the, the trades and the stuff they did with Jordan Clarkson, like Nance Jr. Like, what are we going to win with? Like, you get it, guys, that I can't win with. So my time is going to have to go to L.A. That was the best opportunity for me to win. They got a championship out of it, even if it wasn't a bubble. I think as, as a business standpoint, it was a great move for him to move. But now you're at the tail end of your career. You said you won. Your last year will probably be with your son. You want to play with Bronny. If Cleveland can pull that off, that'll be perfect for them. I think it'll be like a Kawhi Leonard situation when he was with Toronto for that one year, won a you know, championship and then you know left. So. But I don't, I, yeah, I don't think it's out of the books, though. I think there's an opportunity it's not. if they can it's get really Bronny. Not. If Bronny's good enough to be drafted that high up or wherever Cleveland lands, and then to get him, then LeBron will be like, all right, LA, whoever I'm at, yo, I'm going to Cleveland. You already know. And I'm not, I'm, I'm surprised, I won't be surprised if there's something in his contract that says that. That says if Bronny get drafted, whatever team Bronny get drafted, I don't care what contract I'm in, I'm leaving. That'd be a dope clause. Yeah, that'd be a dope clause if yeah, he could pull that off. That Definitely. Um, and, and, and now transitioning to to Chris Paul's um extended timeout for Phoenix and just how the Suns can sustain consistency. Um, one of another headline this past All Star weekend was was Chris Paul missing six eight weeks with a right thumb injury, and this is you know a massive blow to a Suns team with the league's best record, mm-hmm. and um this leaves him out for the vast majority of the remaining regular season schedule. But with this team, you know, being six and a half games ahead of the Warriors yeah. and eight games ahead of the Grizzlies, how much does this kind of affect Phoenix? And we all know Devin Booker has been a star, yes. but obviously, like the 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 eyes the eyes are going to be on him even more without Paul. He's I think he can step up to the plate. They're on a seven game winning streak. the The next yeah. four or five games where they have OKC, New Orleans, Utah, will might give the problem. They're they they're, yeah, they're coasting. I think the only team that gives them problem is Utah. To be honest, I don't think New York can yeah. can play with them. I think they they have the tools and Devin Booker can actually start doing more um, in the offense and, you know, started becoming a leader. I think he can do it. I, we've seen stints over him. I think Chris Paul was the adding factor, obviously, the the leader, the, 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 the facilitator, the manager of everything to slow the pace down. But I think Devin Booker, it is time to show that he can lead a team. And he can be the guy, obviously. But I don't think they're fine. Seven game winning streak. The. Golden State Warriors six game six and a half games behind. They're playing decently, especially with Steph Curry. Because this is a team that got off to such to, to such a, a strong start. They they started season off one and three, and then now they're first in the first in the West by by pre- pretty much a long shot. I mean, I, I obviously like Golden State second, but if there's any team that could have, not saying that any team wants injury to happen to one of their key stars, but if there's any team that could have afforded it at this point, it, it's Phoenix. Yes, because I mean, obviously there's six and a half games up, but I think they have a good. A foundation with or without Chris Paul. I think the guys, yeah, yeah, they're solid. They buy into what they're doing. And when you have a guy like Devin Booker, who's pretty good in front court, back court, like it's, I don't, I don't, I I was just, the first thing I thought about was like when Aaron Rodgers said, like, relax. I don't think anybody is like, R E L. Yeah, I don't (laughs) think anybody's in the uproar, like, oh, nobody's panicking. Chris is hot. Like, no, like we're on a seven game winning streak. We're on the top of the world. We just got off the all star weekend break. We have the next, as long as we have them for the postseason. Exactly. And that's the most yeah. important thing. Like they, we, they was here last year and then came up short in the NBA Finals. So I think they have a chip on their shoulder. Like it doesn't matter who our star guy is, we're going to figure out a way to win, and we have to when it matters the most. So this will, this will be a test for them if they can do, if they can uh, 
lead themselves into the, the postseason without Chris Paul and still being the um, number one standing in the West. Definitely. Um, and, 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 I mean, that really will show a lot of just what this team's resolve is and, and the maturity of them. Because obviously, like, last year, we see we see them get farther than we think that, that they would ever get because they were a very good team even last year, but them getting to the finals and possibly having that chance again is definitely going to be something to, 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 keep out, uh, to, to keep an eye for. But uh, now just think to just thoughts on the news of Zion Williamson, mm. um, you know, being an absent teammate and then not reaching out to CJ McCollum yet in his ar- uh, arrival. The separation between Zion and the Pelicans has, you know, kind of been building for a while now. And, and even former NBA player JJ Redick um, accused Williamson of, of being uh, quote, a detached teammate on first take this mm-hmm. week. And Christian Clark of NOLA.com reported this, you know, began with his issues with the front office. And for somebody like JJ Redick, who never, you know, really bashes players, but obviously has played with Zion Williamson. Yeah. Um, there, there's a lot of people re- really are buying the validity of that statement. But in terms of these developments coming to the forefront, um, how do you think Zion's situation with New Orleans w- will work out? You know, it's tricky at this point. Just him not being able to reach out and being a team player without playing. I think that's a um, a maturity level issue and also a mental issue. How detached is he is from the game of basketball? Because you, the, we got to understand this. This is a young kid. This he's, he's not even what 21, 22 years old yet. So he's still learning, learning life and how to go without basketball because basketball is his, his entire life. And I'm playing devil's advocate because I see both sides. Right. But if you want to be a good teammate, it's it's a, it's not even hard to send a text message. It's like, hey, welcome to the team, CJ, or have everybody in a group text like, yo. That's the minimum. That's, yeah, that's and that would just say that's the minimum you could do. You don't have to be fake or go out your way. Just like, yo, hey, welcome to the game, bro. I wish I'd be playing right now. I'm just, I know, I know, yeah. it's a mental, a mental breakdown because that's all he wants to do. He's he was feeding into the hype. Everybody's saying he's the next one up. Then he gets these injuries, playing game. He hasn't played a full season yet. They're saying he's a buzz. Boom, 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 boom. La la. And I know it's a lot, but you still have to disconnect from your own. Uh, insecurities and be a teammate. That's the biggest thing. Be a teammate. It's not hard to be a teammate. You have to get out of yes. yourself. Even yeah. what you're going through, you gotta, you gotta look. If I'm, if I get CJ McCollum, even if I'm not playing, I'm so optimistic. Like, That's bro, big. I cannot wait to get on the court with you. Welcome to New Orleans. One of the best, one of the best shooting guards. Yes. In the league. Welcome to New Orleans. Your first dinner is on me with your family. On, on me. me. That's it. That's easy. <laughs> It's so easy, man. Hospitality. House, that's, that's it. But, <laughs> New Orleans but we're not Zion. We don't fully know what Zion's yeah, going through. It's, it's, but, it's, yeah. it's tough to put himself, yeah, Still, yeah to put ourselves on, in issues. Bro, it's a text message. You're on your phone anyway. It's a text message. We already know. Yeah. And you know you got his number. <laughs> Coach probably gave you his number or somebody gave you his, you know? In terms of, like, CJ McCollum, like, what do you think his, like, obviously, like, he wants to be embracing a new environment. Like, do you think that's something that like, if you're an established star going to a team and the young headlining star is not even reaching out to you, like, like what do you think his mentality is? Obviously, like, he's going to be a professional right. in the way, but do you feel as though he's already kind of walking to a situation where it's not if a If I was race? CJ, I would ask the team, like, is it Zion this way the all-time? And evidently, he is because yeah. J.J. Reddick, who played for one of them from a couple of years, have said it. So I want to take offense to it because he's like that with everybody, but I still want to, like... You'd at least say something, yeah, acknowledge check. that I'm on the team now. Just show some like, hey, yo, I'm happy you're here or something. Like, hey, roof, roof. Or like put a, a strong emoji. Hey, welcome. Strong emoji. It's simple. 
It's simple. Yeah. You don't have to do anything extravagant. Send them roses or send them a limo. Say, hey, from the airport. Like, that's the organization's job. Like, just be a teammate. Yeah. They yeah, got that. just be a teammate. That's <laughs> as simple as that. I think that's what J.J. Reddick was insinuating. Like, just be a teammate. Even if you're not on the court, support your team. That's all. Definitely. Um, and after listening to, to just kind of thoughts on um, Juwan Howard's altercation oh, after yeah. the Michigan-Wisconsin game and and the, the, five, the, the recent five-game suspension that he had, um, this news came this past Monday as he's also fined um, 40000 for hitting Wisconsin assistant coach uh, Joe Krabenhoff. And, and, well, was that even really it a was hit, a slap. Though? I mean, like, that was all I was saying. Like, come on, that was not face. a hit. It was a slap. <laughs> it wasn't even a punch. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it got overblown. But, but like, in, in terms of just, like, this situation and his suspension, like, what were kind of your thoughts on it? Because I, I was even hearing somebody talk about, like, how, you know, Bobby Knight in the past, like, he would throw chairs. He, he would do, like, th- these overblown yeah. things that he was still able yes. to keep his job and not have dis- disciplinary action. But Jawan Howard, he does the, the, this altercation. And we don't even know what was particularly said. But obviously, for him to, like, blow up like that, that's rare to, to even see to, to see him do and get into that. I've watched that video probably, like, 20 times. And... Jawan Howard tried to walk past the coach. Yeah, the other way. He yeah, and then the ch- the coach grabbed them by the chest. First of all, I'm a grown man. Don't you grab me by my chest. That means you want, like, like now, now I'm, not, I'm in West Combo, and people are like, the comments are so weak, bro. Like, oh, what is that coach going to do? It doesn't matter. I, un- I don't underestimate nobody when it comes to um, fighting or killing. None of that. I don't underestimate it. anybody. Everybody's at the same level. If you grab a six, well, Juwan House was six, nine, whatever, and you grab him by the chest and stop him and like, you know, yelling like, bro, what are you? I'm going to defend myself. And he didn't hit him. He was like, push him up, like, hey, bro, like, boo. And then the other coach came out of nowhere. And then that's when he like slapped him, like, y'all, y'all doing too much. I don't see anything wrong with it because he tried to walk away. He was not exactly. He wasn't. He wasn't exactly. Initiating it. He wasn't the initiator. Yeah. He tried to walk away when a grown other man grabs me by my chest when I'm trying to walk and shake hands with everybody else. Then that's the problem. And at first, I'm not a coach right now. I'm not a father. I'm not a husband. I'm not. No, I'm a human being. And you just cross the line. I don't care where we are. You cross the line. So when you cross the line. You're gonna get this. You'll get this work. You get to work. And he, <laughs> didn't, like, get he didn't even punch him. He slapped him. Like he didn't even give him work. He didn't even give he him. He didn't work. even give him work. He gave him, you know, like a, a nine to one shift. He didn't even give him a nine to five. He gave him a nine to one shift on a, on a Tuesday, Willington. He has time. <laughs> a nine to one. He gave him a nine to one, Willington. Come on, man. Five games. And, 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 and that's really the thing. Like, like when we look at obviously coaches being being like uh, uh, dealt in, in a certain way, or or, or expected to, to 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 be to act in a, in a certain type of way, mm-hmm. you have to look at Jawan Howard's perspective. He wasn't trying to initiate no. anything, and obviously, like like the 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 behavior that the Wisconsin assistant coach was like that that was almost just like a privilege. Like, hey, yeah, you're 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 gonna look at me. You're gonna talk. Jawan Howard's like, I don't have to. I don't. And, and people are just, to me, it's just it's just that overblowing nature. Like, yes. do you feel as though with the reaction that people were having to it, it just kind of shows how we don't really look at the full perspective or just the full view of the situation that, that took place? Not at all. And no, no one looks at the full view. 
because it's a reaction based culture. Exactly. <laughs> and then the other coaches were in fault and they didn't get mm-hmm. any repercussions. And I, I don't want to make it a race thing, and I'm not going to make it a race thing. I'm going to make it a human being thing. If another yeah. human being grabs me, you think I'm just going to—you think I'm Martin Luther King? I'm going to turn another cheek? Uh, no. Uh, you think I'm Jesus? Uh, no. I'm going to give you this <laughs> nine to one. Like, I'm not—I'm not—like, I don't understand why people don't—and it's—you can see the division because some people like, I don't see nothing wrong. Some people's like, well, he's a head coach. He should have carried himself differently. What about the other coaches? Exactly. No other coach should have put his hands on another coach. It doesn't matter. At all. He's tr- Unjustified. Exactly. He tried to walk away. You grab him on my chest and everybody else want to come up. Okay. You wanted noise. Here's the noise. A poop right in your face. A slap right in your face. But five game. Ex- I think that's I think that's too much. If anything, much. give both of them one game suspensions. Yeah. And leave it at that. But only one person got the repercussion. This this wasn't Mouse in the Palace. This, this was wasn't not. Piston Spacers. <laughs> this wasn't Piston Spacers. Because Ron Artest was the... Oh my God. Steven Jackson. <laughs> They'll give you the nine to five. They'll give oh. you the nine to five. <laughs> and, and overtime. Oh, overtime. Yes, sir. Yes, indeed. They're going to give you some overtime. <laughs> um, but now, listening to, to our first album review with, with Currency and the Alchemist uh, Continuance, uh, uh, continuance uh, in this latest collab album, which has just an impressive roster of guests, such as Boldy James, Babyface Ray. Um, Silas P. Larry June and Havoc. Um, this album really captures the easy chemistry of currency with you know a laid back vibe and um supremely relaxed Alchemist beats. But what were kind of some of your thoughts on this album and maybe like what was one or two of the standout guests uh, that that you felt felt as though had like a really A list performance? First of all, Styles P. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's definitely one of the legends. And then Larry June. I'm slowly but surely. Um, listening to more of Larry June's People music. sleep on Larry June, man. <laughs> Larry June has that old school flow. And, and it's it's a couple of guys who bring, who's bringing back that type of music or whatever. Blix is one. And then Larry June. <laughs> and it's another artist I can't think of right now. But Larry June is definitely, I think he has that different style. You just got to, you just got to be open to it. But I mean, Currency is another guy is who's, who's fire. You got to be open to his music. And he's one of the laid back guys. He's very, very vibey, very uh, lyrical. He's going to give you different type of slow beats. You just got to be open to it. But yeah, this album with Alchemist, I think that was a great collaboration with the, the features. I thought it was a really dope, very solid good. album. Solid. Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, like, th- that is one of the things, like, like with a collaborator, whenever you have um, artists that, that feel comfortable even collaborating with a just a high level producer and, and the alchemist. Like, do you feel as though it's one of those things where you can just tell the chemistry from the jump? Like, okay, this is somebody I want to collab with a lot. Or is it just one of those things that just develop, you know, when the album's getting, get, getting made? I think it's in the midst of the album. Cause you, uh, well, yeah. well, that, I think it's pre in the midst of the album. Cause you already know if you want to work with a pro, uh, producer or, for sure. Because of, of his past and what people like the buzz he has going on. Yeah. And Alchemist has been collabing with a lot of people this year and last year. So the buzz around him with obviously hanging out with um Action Bronson all the time and his show and the um Freak That's Delicious. So you know, we all know Alchemist is just this like weird <laughs> weird guy with glasses, <laughs> but but he's a monster when it comes to production. The monster, man. 
He's a monster. So I think once you you already have like a sense of uh, uh, reverence to, to the guy, and then once you start making them like, okay, now I really see. You got something. Why you? you got something. And then after like when you come to get like after you come and you listen to the whole thing, like yo. I think we should do another one. I think it just depends on how it hits people. But I think you already have like a sense of like, I really want to work with this guy again. Or it's, oh, maybe it was dope, but I think it should be a one and done. I think it just depends on how it hits the the streets and hit um, the listeners. A project like this, you got to do it. A project like this, you got to do oh, it. Oh, yeah. This was a really this good body a vibe. work. Really good body work. This was definitely yes. a vibe. I think every... I like, the only one I didn't really like as a feature was Babyface Ray. I'm not a fan of Babyface Ray. Um... I didn't like his verse on Louis. Uh, I think it was Louis Louis Baggage. Louis Baggage. Um, oh, you didn't like that, sh- that that track? I didn't like his verse. Wow. No, 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 okay, no, 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 no. I didn't like his verse. Um, Got it. But the song I thought was really dope. I think Curiosity is one of those guys. I think is is very, he's definitely lyrical, but his cadence is kind of like sometimes it's like, I want it to be fast, faster or something. But I think it's Absolutely. it's his style. Just like when we did the review of last last week about uh, the guy who did, uh, I forgot the name of the artist already, who was doing different styles. And he was like, yo, pick one, bro. Like, what? It- oh, a JPEG Yeah, mafia, JPEG, yeah. But like, no, pick one, bro. And it's sometimes... Buffet. <laughs> I don't know what to I don't pick. Know what pick. But sometimes I want Curious to be just like, Curious is just rap fast, bro. Just, just pick up the yeah. pace. Go for but it. But it's, that's as, as who he is. And that's what he's been sticking with. It. He's been doing music like this since... Forever, but it, it works for him. I think Chris is a good artist, though, for sure. This one work really worked, yeah. definitely. Um, and, and not transitioning to, to Big Chris, oh Digital Roses gosh. Don't Die. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good old no, my gosh. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad, bro. <laughs> but but in, in this latest seventeen song project, um, you know he's got production from Grammy nominated producer Camper, whose you know collaboration includes one guest appearance from from Merlene on the song Wet Lashes and, and Shot Glasses, but. In this album, you know, that's following the release of his most influential mixtapes and him showing a lot of self-reflection. Um, I, obviously, you didn't you didn't like this project, but but what were some kind of some of the things that stood out uh, in it? The first four songs are whack. Yeah, it didn't it didn't start off. It didn't good start off good at all. Like that's oh, a Chris is so fire. I don't know what he go. He is man. I was so disappointed, bro. I was so disappointed because I my expectations were were really high. high. When a, when a new big crit, big, big, big crit album is dropping, like you know you're gonna get high something, usually stupid high. Well, that's it. I mean, way up high. Like <laughs> South Side of the Moon was so trash, bro. I was like, what are we doing, Crit? Like who you in that much love? You forgot how to make good music, bro. Like the first like love, bro. Love, love can be a poison. Love, love can be, a can be it's something. He, <laughs> Poison Ivy or something. He need to go get an antidote. Call Travis Scott and get the antidote. Call Travis. Because <laughs> this not it, bro. This was not it at all. I was not. I was not feeling. First, okay. No, I, I, I'm saying like the, that. Like the first four. Like that's really the thing. Because uh, I, I feel as though when you have an artist like this who's established and then they don't start the project off strong, like. Was that kind of like the first takeaway? Like, if he wasn't going to start this project off strong, there was really no way you were going to even be invested. Exactly. Like, you look yeah. at every album we've we've covered this year. The first four songs were good enough for us to continue oh, yeah. the album. Soon as I, I was like, fire the interlude, I was like, okay, okay, he's about to set something up. And then South Side on the Moon got, came on. I was like, 
Okay. All right. Maybe he's just experimenting and show you right. I was like, mm, okay. Um, okay. Let me, let me go to the, okay. Let me get the next song. Road Clean. I was like, oh, what? And then Earth. And I was like, okay, another interlude. Okay. And then Come Out to Play came on. I was like, yeah, okay. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Where's Crit? He ain't big Crit. He, where you at, Crit? He's, he's, he's Waldo <laughs> Crit or something. We need to find Crit. I don't, this is not Crit, bro. This is not Catalatica Crit. This ain't uh, what's the other albums he got? Like, this ain't Forever is Mighty Long Crit. Uh, um, it's a bunch of his albums that I still listen so to. So many, it's so many. This ain't him at all. Like the first songs, I was like Wellington. It felt like somebody died when I <laughs> listened to those first four songs. <laughs> It's a funeral, no. <laughs> I expected so. I was like, Crit gonna give me that raw, uncut. He gave me. I was expecting this to be one of the most impressive albums of, of the year yes, so far. And it, has, it, and was it was not, not. It was not. It was soggy noodles. That's what it was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was leftover. Um, <laughs> pasta. <laughs> Leftover pasta. It was, it was leftover chicken it alfredo. Was <laughs> it, was, it wasn't what it was supposed to be. I ordered number three. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, I'll go too far. But this was it, bro. Like we're trying to say, listeners, this album was hog dog. We know what he's capable yes. of. We know what he's capable of. That's the, the that's really like, like when you have a critique like this, it's because you know how good this artist can be. Yeah, he got um, yeah, I don't know. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't even want to talk about this album no more, but to be honest with you, I yeah, was like I that it. disappointed. Like, I'm sick. It was so disappointing, man. It was so disappointing. Ooh. I know his sales looking real sketchy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Our listeners are like, what? <laughs> Digital Roses, what? Digital I Roses don't. Um, but, but now you're listening to, to, to Vince Staples and, and Mustard, uh, latest track, Magic, um, and Vince's new single, Overbeat, that, you know, sounds very chill. He hits us with you know, smooth bars that that shows you know the life status he's comfortable in currently. But what are some of your you know takeaways from from this new track? You know, he he had a really impressive album last year and, and has another album coming out in April. But like, what what are some of your takeaways from this new track? Because it, it it is a a very different sounding type of flow for him. But this is one I feel as though he really was able to you know vibe. It, it was a really good vibe, and he was able to 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 get, to get into a different type of pocket that was not something we usually. I see. think it was solid. I think him working yeah. with Mustard, I think was an unusual uh, collaboration. Yeah, unusual but I think yeah. it, it worked enough for it to be released, obviously. Um, like you said, I think Vince is versatile to enough to work with that type of artist or have that type of beat he was flowing on. I don't think it was bad or anything. I think it was, I think, I think it was good enough to be released. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I think it was good enough to be released. I think they listened to it a bunch of times. And I feel like Mustard, well, I don't know who, who got the credit for it, but you know, Mustard sits on music a lot. He he does collab with oh and then my. I think Roddy Rich said it um when he did balling, he was like, Man, I did balling like two years ago for Mustard. He never did anything with it. And then he told me, Hey, I'm about to drop it. And I was like, I was like, Oh, what song? He was like, Oh, the song you did two years ago. He was like, Oh, okay. So I don't know who who okay. dropped what or who said, like, okay, let's drop it, but I think they listened to it for a while. It was in the archives. And it was like, you know what? Let's let's go ahead and release and see what people think about it. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was dope. I, thought, yeah. uh, I, really, I, really, really I, I don't think it was bad. I think it was really good. I think it was 
once again good enough to be released. And, and I mean, like, when when you have an artist like Ben Staples, who, I mean, he, the project he put out last, the self-titled Ben Staples, it's just only 10 tracks. You know, we we both really enjoyed it. For him to, to put it together, a concise project like that, like, in terms of his next album, I, I believe it's called Ramona Park, Broke My Heart. What do you think is going to be kind of his mentality going into, like, another another project where he just really, you know, for artists to release back-to-back albums, um, in, in consecutive years is rare, but for him to like do that again, like, what do you think is kind of like his mentality going forward for another? Stay new album? relevant, most likely, or just put out music that he yeah. like he rocks to. I think, for an artist standpoint, you want to put out music that you would love to listen to on a daily basis. And I think sure. when it's the music game is so saturated and new artists come and go, everybody gets their shine and ten minute, fifteen, ten minutes of fame. I think. At some point, you have to continue to draw music. I don't know if he's still signed, so he probably has, um, you know, the power to be able to release music when he wants to, which is really dope. So I think if you have the opportunity to do music or be able to release music, do, do yes, do it. Get it out there. Whether it's good <laughs> or bad, you still want to like, because you can always take it down, but you still want to get it out there, yeah. be relevant, and, and make sure you still got the the juice. See if you got the still got the juice, but I think for him it's just like this is just fun for him because I I listen to some of his interviews. He's having yeah. fun. You can tell he's having yeah. fun. Though. And then I think that's the most important thing you want to do. You want to take you don't want to take music too serious. Like you you want to take your work ethic, your grind, like being in the studio, riding, doing all this too serious. But you still want to have fun at the end of the day. It has to be fun, or you're not gonna. Exactly. It's your craft. It's your craft. You should have fun mm, with it. <laughs> and I think he does. He's he's he seems like a cool guy. And I think his music reflects his personality. Really yeah. laid back. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and now interesting to, to Denzel Curry's latest track, um, Walkin'. Um, th- this latest track for him was, you know, a really interesting clue in for you know, kind of like what his new project could sound like as, you know, he has the perfect contrast with um, the first portion of, portion of the song being a hard-hitting type of boom-bap beat and the second portion, you know, featuring a slightly edgier beat that is a more modern version. But w- what were some of your initial thoughts on this on this song and, do you feel as though like it, it was the type of single that, that shows he he could kind of come back with another uh, solid? Album? Um, I'm I'm confused about the name of the song. Um, yeah. Uh, two, it was it was it was too much. It was like there's a lot going on in the first half of the track. Like it was just like the first half was yeah. Crowded. It was like a lot of lot of distorted noises. His voice was distorted. He put a probably bit of distortion on his on his voice, and it was just a lot going on. You can't really focus on what he's trying to say because the first thing I listen to is the lyrics, and then after I, like listen to the lyrics, I listen to the beat, and then it, it kind of stacks on after that to make sure if I really rock with a song. But it was too much. The first half was too much. The second half was you know it, it was okay. I think I don't think I would have released this as a single. I think this is definitely a mm. album song. Yeah, this album song. This and is an I, album song. This is a fire. Yeah, album and I hate. I think it will go well with another. Like you know, it gels well. That's why album song. I think it, it will gel well with another. Just song. like how we talked about with Scissors, I yes. hate you. It's gonna be album. Oh, song. for sure. I think because I hate you wasn't a bad song, but I think it, it goes well. Probably goes well with another song that she's anticipating of, of putting on an album. But but this, I I don't think. I mean. I don't listen to Dizzle Curry that much that often to like get a, 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 a to, to give up. Yeah, analysis. like you know, <laughs> I only get a gist of like of artists because he was on uh, Rick Ross's song that I really love on his uh, Port of Miami too that Dizzle Curry was on. I think his I thought his verse was like really really dope, and I think he was so lyrical 
and Port of Miami too. Yeah, is kind of for sure, that for sure. That was a dope album. That was a oh dope yeah, album. for sure. I think we we probably need to. Uh, yeah, we need to, we need review, to review that. that. We got to review. But this, I don't think this was a. I don't think this was a uh, a release single song. A standout. Yeah, a standout. Because you got to know. We always talk about certain artists. They know what the single is. They know, and others don't. Is it, is it <laughs> I mean, Zotoichi? This one wasn't it. Zotoichi. Is the song Zotoichi? Yeah, I think it's he got. I think it's Chinese. I think always. That's that's how he has it labeled as in terms of like the cover for it. It was like it was in like Chinese writing. Yeah, but the name is Zotoichi. Zoe Zotoichi featuring Slow Thai. And he, he's in um Asian um culture clothing. I don't know. I don't want to say the wrong. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. We can't lose our fan. We can't lose our fan base. <laughs> oh, we're on fit ice already, man. Already, bro. <laughs> <laughs> We don't want the Orientals to be like, hey, now, come on, guys. I said Asian. I didn't say specific. Didn't say, didn't say something specific. I did not. But it, this was the type of single, though. Like I, like you said, artists, certain artists, and even what we saw with, with Ben Sables, this, that was one that definitely should have been released, but this one is probably going to fit better on his album. I think so. I think something else, yeah. uh, interlude or something Something's else will something like, help that transition into it because that's a lot, lot going on. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and now dealing with our, our last um, uh, album review with Kitchenada's Intimidated EP um, and this release from, from last November, the Haitian-Canadian producer with help from her, Thundercat and Matt Kami, you know, we see high-level uh, soul samples in the title track, Intimidated. You know, it's powered by just the kind of uh, inescapable instrumental that starts the EP off in strong fashion. But um, what were some of your thoughts on this EP and kind of like who, who do you feel as though I like had the 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 best feature on this? This was so fire, bro. It's tough. He's so freaking crazy, man. Dude, like, bro, like his production is so insane. And he makes everything into this party. Like, that's that's the vibe. Like he it's a party there's vibe. There's no other producer that's doing what he's doing right now consistently. <laughs> Gotta talk about it's it. A, Gotta talk about put, it. And then he got Thundercat, bro. Like Thundercat's one track that he that went viral last year was like I still listen to that. Mm-hmm. Like that's fine. I still listen to that to that day. So like him being able to put her on a that type of track and bring it, like yeah, that's that's a crazy collab, yo. This yeah, this was fire. This was fire. That her collab was that, that her collab was fire. I, I think I think her was the best feature. I think it's it's that song, man. That song is just it just fits. It fits her. It fits. Her. Okay, well it's it. Well it's it coming. No, no, I'm stopping. I'm nah, stopping. bro, stopping. keep it up. Well, oh, keep it up. <laughs> no, Can stopping. we get a hand clap inserted right now, please? Hand clap, Maurice. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Usually give him to Savon, anyways. <laughs> but no, I think it's in order. I think it's it's. Really solid. Yeah, her EP. Thundercat, and then the the uh, I think it's uh, Match Hami. Match Hami. Yeah, yeah Mac I Hami. think the the best features one to three. Ironically, is is in the order. Rank in yeah. order. Like, yeah, I love her <laughs> voice on that beat. Like it just went well. It's it started an EP off right. Like it gets you into it. That's the perfect way to start off an EP. I, I, like, do you think like 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 that's another thing that certain producers think of? Like, what what is the the right? Especially when you have like a short length uh, type type of project you're putting out, like. 
I, I have to get the right track to like start this off? For sure, because I, I feel like it starts with the cover art. It starts with your your sure. journey already as an artist or producer, whatever the case may be. Because people are gonna look at the cover. I was like, because if you look at the cover art, it has you know the hands. I don't know if these are like slaves or like progress or something yeah, like that. I wasn't completely sure of what the cover exactly. Art is. So yeah. now you're confused. And then yeah. when you turn on Intimidating, you're like, I don't think these go together. <laughs> At all. <laughs> I don't understand what the cover art is, but the music sounds good. I'm just going to listen to the music. It's fire. <laughs> I think, and, and that's your second line of defense when it comes to producer or being an artist. Like, your first song has to set the pace, has to set the tone. This one did. And then the body of the EP with, with Thundercat was really good. And then Makami kind of finished it off. And I think it was a it was a it was a good collaboration, good, well sought out collaboration features from each artist. I think you have to be strategic who you put on your song, especially when you're this type of producer and you're known for this type of music. You gotta have the artist who will follow suit, who could be versatile and do the same thing. But yeah, I think this was two two out of the last three weeks we give high praise for EPs. Pink yes. Sweat now. Kishinada. EPs are yes. fire, man. EPs are... Don't crazy. sleep on the EPs, ladies and gents. Don't gents. sleep on them. Don't sleep on if, them. If you can do it in three, why do it in 15? If you can mm-hmm. do it in seven, why do it in 28? So... The concise the concise nature can really yes. work. It can, it can really and work. And then and hit, hit, hit you off. get more streams that way. Because if I have three songs exactly. and all of them hit... You, you, oh, you're going to replan exactly. that? Like, crazy. That's smart. Because <laughs> everybody likes to yes. party. He has a demographic that's huge. So this is these three songs are going to be on repeat for a lot of fans. Definitely. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our Friday Night Lights review. Welcome back to the show, and now we're getting to our view of Friday Night Lights. And to start with the overview, Friday Night Lights is a tw- 2004 American sports drama um, f- film co-written and directed by Peter Berg. film follows the coach and players of a high school football team in the Texas city of Odessa, which supported the team and was obsessed with them. Um, the book on which it is based, Friday Night Lights, a town, a team, and a dream by H.E. Bissinger, followed the story, story of the 1988 per- Permian High School Panthers football team as they made a run towards the state championship. Um, a television series of the same name premiered on October 3rd, 2006 on NBC, and the film won the Best Sports Movie SB Award and ranked uh, number 37 on Entertainment Weekly's list of the best high school movies. Um, the cast included Billy Bob Thornton, Derek Luke, Jay Hernandez, Lucas Black, um, Garrett Hedlund, and Tim, Tim McGraw. It also had 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. But, you know, in terms of this film, and, and, and we talk about it a lot of times, even off, off mic, mm-hmm. this is like one of the best sports films we've seen in like in, in the last decade and beyond. Like, what were some of your initial thoughts of the film, like, like when you first saw it? Yo, like, Texas is crazy. I thought Florida was, like, mm. incre- extremely incredible in sports, especially football. And then when you look at Texas... It's a different, it's a different beast. Yeah, bro. They have... They, they, they live, die, and breathe. Yes. That's the first thing I was like, yo, they super serious. Like, we're serious about football in Florida, but not that religiously serious. It's like, that's a super religion for them. And they shut down cities, shut down the town, shut down the city. They, everybody's at the game or they're at home watching the game. Like, I don't know why that Texas accent just came out. <laughs> it came out on the song, Well, I said, I don't know what I'm going through, bro. I'm not from Texas. I'm, <laughs> I'm from Florida. But it just came out. I don't know what, what happened. But then that was my initial thought. I was like, yo, they take football really serious. And like, yo, like, 
they winning state championships. Like I ain't never won no state championship. So <laughs> like that was my first and the, reaction. And, and the players, they always have to deal with the thing like, are you gonna win state? Like everybody in the city asked them that. Like, like, do you feel as though just that that almost realistic because obviously Texas is, is is very passionate about football yeah. to a degree that, that that most aren't like, do you feel as though like that daily like asking asking the players about state was another thing that that made this movie just not feel at like a like a sports movie, but something that was just like a daily a, a daily like just feeling for the players of the pressure on could they win state? Oh, for sure. And these kids are in high school. They're still going yeah. like the first thing y'all going to state. I'm at a job like y'all going to state. Y'all better come. And then when they coming out, they're like, just what, what's happening if I don't win? He's like, well, coach, exactly. just just win. And we'll, we won't. Like what? Like you gonna throw in my life because we don't win a child's game so it's just like realize like bigger things in life exactly but you see the severity of sports well football Mm -hmm. in that matter in texas and i think it was a good representation of (laughs) texas football to a t i think they depicted it really really well for sure and and, and transitioning to our first topic from one to four stars what would you give it um i definitely give it four as when you look at even the game sequences and also just how the how the scenes are not just only dealing with football, but also like how these players are dealing with what they want to do outside of football one day and what their future future looks like. It really, you know, scales back and looks at the the real layers of what these players were dealing with on and off the field. But to you, like from one to four stars, what would be your particular rating and some of your reasons? Oh, four stars for sure. Um, one, it's a football movie. <laughs> I'm a sucker yeah. for football movies. <laughs> I think Billy Bob Thornton played the heck out of this role, first and foremost. Um, I don't know. It was just, it gave a real representation, the pressure of uh, athletes, especially especially in Texas, how they're under pressure to be this great, not even college. Not a word about uh, grades or anything, just worried about W's and L's. Like, I think it, it was a real depiction. You didn't, it, it wasn't like you was watching a movie, really. It was like, like a documentary, not even like a regular movie, because most of the stuff is kind of, you know, altered a little bit to make it look good for the movies. But it, it didn't feel like it was altered. It felt like everything was to the T, even when um, I think his name was uh, Priest or something like that. Or um, I think his, his real name was... I think it was I, Priest. It was called a preacher or something like that. His real name was oh, yeah. Christian. Ivory. Yeah. yeah. And it, never said a word. <laughs> never said a word. And then him like going off in the halftime about like they bleed oh. the way we bleed. Like that gives really got me fired. Gives exactly. It gives you chills. It gets you pumped. I remember watching this game on uh, my senior year, wa- watching this movie. Sorry. See, look at it. I'm saying it's a game. Watching this movie <laughs> going to um, Baton Rouge with playing this team that we lost to the previous year, my junior year. And we watched this game. We blew the team out like. I think it was like 60 to like 20 something. And we everybody got fired up because we watched this movie. Like we were in the zone, bro. Like, so this movie brings it out of you. It makes you makes you want to go out and just hit somebody. Four stars, great cast, even with um uh his name is Derek Luke, who's who's a phenomenal actor. Play Booby Mouse to a T. If you want to win, you better put Booby in. Like, I just Keep remit. That's- he's he's the character that just always stands out to me in this movie. Yes, like oh yes, yeah, definitely. And and, and, and transitioning to two favorite character. I mean, you know, we were just mentioning it. like Derek Luke's performance as We Mouse. It's just it's it's a standout. Like even when he gets the news of his injury and like he's in in the car with his dad, like you see the hu- the humanity of him and just like. 
that was everything for him. Yes. Like playing football, that was like, that was, there was no other thing he was thinking of but that. Um, to you, like, who was kind of like your standout character in this movie? It had to be Preacher, like Ivory Christian. Mm-hmm. Like, that's who I was in high school. Like, outside of like, well, when it comes to football, outside of like trying to make jokes and stuff. But when it came to football, I didn't talk. Like, I did all my talking on the field. I was the quiet guy, I didn't really say much. I did my job. And then when I needed to, I get hype. Like, I'll get to that point where he wasn't halftime in a, in a, in a state game. Like, I, I, his character was like one I stood out the most. And then obviously um, Mike Winchell, I, I think um, Lucas Black played a, played a good character. And I, I just rem- such an even kill down, like just the game was everything for him. But but like you you never heard anything. His quietness was almost just like a, a sign of respect. Everybody had respect for yes. him, even though he didn't say much. Like they knew like this guy's a leader and he has something inside of him. Exactly, and he was he was low key funny. <laughs> he was low key funny. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think, I, and he, you know, he depicted the, the forehead of a quarterback. You know, he got that pay men forehead. The long, <laughs> the long. <laughs> Spot on, brother. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but now listening to some of like the most uh, memorable scenes in, in this film, I had, um, tell me why you can't hold on to the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you're, you're going to seriously fly, son. Um, Booby goes down. Uh, obviously the clip where Booby cleans out his locker, they bleed just like we do. Mm-hmm. Um, the Coach Gaines' uh, uh, speech on being perfect, you know, a really resonating speech. And then finally, the agony of defeat where they come up uh, just mm-hmm. short um, in really heartbreaking fashion. But to you, like, what was like one or two of the memorable scenes uh, you had in this film? Who? Um, when Coach uh, Coach came out the, the grocery store where he came out, uh, Coach Gary Gaines came out and the police guys, the officer came up and talked to him about the game. It was like, and it was like, just win state or whatever. He was like, what if I don't win? He was like, yeah, just, just it was me and your good interest just to, just to win state. And I'm like, bro, what? Like, this is that's crazy. So, that's so dirty. And um, them at the party, him and uh, Preacher and uh, <laughs> Mike, and they, like, have the similar personality. It was just, like, standing on the wall, like, bro, I really don't want to be here. But I'm here because I'm supposed to be the jock and I'm just here. I thought that was a, a scene that showed their personality, really, because Preacher was just like, man, I'll go if you go. Yeah, and it was like, he, I'll go if you go. You want a slide. <laughs> That's exactly me, bro. I did not go to parties in high school. Yeah. That was not my scene. I was like, bro, if I did go, somebody had to like force me to go. I don't want to go. You want, I'll go if you want to go. So I thought that was a, a really dope scene. Um, but, but now getting into um, most memorable quotes, I had a gentleman, the hopes and dreams of an entire town are riding on your shoulders. You may never matter again in your life as much as you do right now from Coach Gaines. Mm-hmm. Um, also, go on, going on and be perfect from Booby. Um, you know, he can't, he can block, tackle, score the touchdown, snap the ball and kick the extra point from from LV Miles where you know, he's really bigging up his son and just, you know, ha- has so much, uh, so much joy seeing him play. And then uh, another a quote from Coach Gaines, being perfect is about being able to look your friends in the eye and know that you didn't let them down because you told them the truth. And that that truth is you did everything you could. Um, but to you, like, what were some of the quotes in here or, or, or maybe like just one that was like a standout to you? Ooh, um, obviously you want to win. You, hey, put Coach in. Let me, uh, let Booby spin. If you want to win, put Booby in. And then Mike talking to uh, Coach Gaines saying, you ever feel cursed, Coach? Like, no matter what inside your heart, you feel like you're going to lose, like something hanging over you. And I thought that was so profound because this is a that, 17-year-old that quote kid. Is so pro- 
you know, I, I really, because the layers in that quote, like he really felt as though like, yo, I can't get past this. Like, like this is stuck with me and there's really something that's holding me back. And I think it, it's the pressure of playing football in Texas or just being yeah, a sure. winning quarterback. And you feel that at that young age, only 17. And then the, the exchange between um, uh, Don, Mike, and, and Chavez saying, we, gotta, we got to uh, lighten up, we're 17. And then Don was like, do you feel 17? And Mike said, I don't feel 17, which means there's so much pressure on these guys. They mm-hmm. don't even feel like they don't feel, they, their age. They don't feel their age. That's wild. That is extremely wild. How much pressure are we putting on these kids to win a game? Not at life, but a game. And it makes you just do, sit and reflect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like, like, do you think like that's another thing that like this movie just wasn't it wasn't just like your typical sports movie. Mm-hmm. Like, do you feel as though it's showing that the, the spotlight? Because I feel like Peter Berg was also like saying it without saying it. Like, we need to like let like kind of let off on these kids yes. and actually like let them live a, live a life instead of feeling like they got to be perfect all the time. Exactly. And it's from Pop Warner. Even when the movie first yeah. starts on, it shows them in, you know Pop Warner and how they came up. And I think mm-hmm. in every angle of high school or football or just any sports we play, high it showed different sides of it. It showed when you're so your whole life is incorporated around football. And then a girl asks you if you're gay or not. And then she's like, I'm not gay. And then you say, uh, can you prove it? And now Mike has to go sleep with a girl named Melissa because he doesn't really want to, but he has to prove he's not, you know, gay or anything. Like, it's just so much pressure on every aspect of high school that people don't give real a real credit or highlight. Because now you got to focus on, I got to win. I got to do this. I got to be this. I got to be this. People expect this from me. I got to do this. Like, it's a lot of expectations for a kid who hasn't even reached 18 yet, who's not even an adult. Definitely. So I think this movie highlighted so much. But I think people didn't really take that from it. It just took this team had to battle so much and came up short. And then the next year, one state. (laughs) That's all people took from it. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, and, and now getting into kind of like, what did you like the most about the storyline? Um, you know, obviously, like the, the the characters in here are really complex and you, you're you able to see, you know, what what every like the day to day basis and the expectations really does to them beneath the surface. And I feel as though like like as as we've you know talked about uh, endlessly mm-hmm. throughout this um, throughout this session, that that's really like, like like the main focal point is the mentality and honestly, like the mental health that that you know, you're seeing high schoolers have to go through and navigate and still put on an incredible, like, athletic performance. But to you, like, what particular element of the storyline did you kind of like the most? I like the fact that it didn't feel like it was an altered true story. Mm. That they, that I think they they went directly by literally the book and then they added more truth to what really happens in Texas football and in their high school during the during classes. Uh, who's the scrub? Who's the star? Like, you look at Booby, then you look at the backup running back who became the star after Booby got hurt, and then he, they won a state championship. He went off and did everything Booby wanted to do. Like, it has so many realistic factors into it that I don't feel like the storyline was altered at any way to make it seem. Because you look at Blindside, most of that storyline of Blindside was false. Nobody taught Michael Orr how to play football. That little kid did do none of that. Miss Sandra Brooks' character did do none of that. Like, that's all too... 
That was such an unrealistic yeah. movie. <laughs> but with this, everything felt like if they even altered something small, you wouldn't notice because everything seemed by the book of what really happens when it comes to full high school football. So I love that element yeah. that they, and then they show the different elements of what goes on and the pressure of these high school students, not the pressure of, hey, you need to go to college, but to win a state championship game and to win it consistently and be good at it. So I, I love the realisticness Definitely. of it. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, before we get to our last topic, Derek Luke, he, he really has just a standout performance yes. in this. And when you have to like embody somebody of this nature, mm-hmm. you really have to make it feel as though like you're that person. Like, do you feel as though he was just like from the jump? Like when you think of of, of the type of character he had to embody, mm-hmm. do you feel as though he was just like, it was clear cut, he was gonna gonna be the perfect guy to take on that role? I think so because you, I think obviously you probably played sports at high school, like play football or basketball, whether they, whether they came to me, I think he depicted it well because all these high school students, he's, his character, and I saw videos or interviews of the real Booby Miles, how it's exactly how he acted in the movie, exactly how he yeah. acted in real life, and how these kids, he bought into the life of a, a high school football star, and everything was about football. That's what's depicted in the community. Everything is about football. It's not about your grades. It's not about what you're going to do after high school. It's about living in the moment. Booby Miles lived in the moment. I think Derek Luke, probably did the same thing when he was in high even school. Even when he said, even when he said, I've got A's in only athletics. Like, like that's the only thing that yeah, matters. Yeah, that's <laughs> all like, that matters. Like, bro, if you get hurt, which he did, you don't have a backup plan. You're going to be a have, garbage have a, guy have a like your uncle. You have a plan B. Which guard, being a garbage man is not bad because you, like, if you're in the union, you get, like, benefits and all kinds of stuff. So being a garbage man is really dope. Like you get, yeah, whatever. That's that's neither here nor there. But if you solely focus, <laughs> you on, put yeah, so much into one thing, okay? and then you <laughs> put all your issue. eggs in one basket, and then that basket just floats away, or something happens, it breaks, whatever. And now you just mm-hmm. crushed, and you get that rare moment of him cleaning out his locker and sending a car with his uncle. Like I can't play football no more. That felt real. That's Gosh. how much it meant to him, football, and that's what how many how much people have put into him, like. You're going to be a star mm-hmm. football player. You're going to do this because you have these abilities. All you need to do is focus on football. Everything else take care of itself. That's what the mindset back then. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, now you have to be a student athlete. Now you have to have a 2.5 GPA to even get it. You know what I mean? Like now it's more of a... a All these different variables. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, but but now, now interesting to our last topic, 10 years from now, do you still think this will be watchable and intriguing? It, it, it obviously mm-hmm. has to get the test of time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it really gives that perspective, you know, for for people and younger players that get caught up in the whirlwind of, you know, football meaning everything. But when you really think about it, it, it it's it, it's just a game at the end of the day. But obviously, like, this gives them so many opportunities in life. Yep. And this this sports film, it, 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 it's, it, it's just a classic sports film in terms of just, like, some of the best that have ever been put out. And it continues to just stand the test of time in so many ways um, due to its relevance and, and the themes that it's, it's touching on. But to you, like, what do you think will make this even relevant and watchable and intriguing another decade from now? Who? Um, just football, man. That's yeah. um, when you think of football movies, Friday Night Lights is... It's up there. It's, up it's there. always up it's there. It's always up there. Like, a lot of people say, oh, Rudy, uh, um, Any Given Sunday, or... Um, it's a... And any, any Given Sunday is really good, but this one... Is just I think quality. this one is just it has no like it has no weaknesses through the storyline. You, you can't pinpoint it. You, you, you can't nitpick anything. Even Tim McGraw played a great role. Mm. 
Like, he's a country singer. He played a phenomenal role as um, Don's dad and him playing the same position his son played. Him being embarrassed because his son came. Like, it was so realistic. And it seemed like that type of dad that would do that. Yes. Like, like, he was really giving off that vibe. Yes. It, that's why I said if it was anything was altered, you would not know because you've seen it. Even if you haven't played a sport, you've seen these dads go outrageous, betting on games, betting on Pop Warner games, like trying to get their son to be this best and living through their kids. We see that on everyday basis when it comes to sports. This that's why this movie was so realistic. I now I want to know what they alter with the storyline to make it that would be fascinating. That would be fascinating. That would be yeah. so fascinating. But if it is, it had to be something so minute. But I don't believe they did. It was that realistic to me because I felt all of it. I felt all of it. Yeah. And, and I mean, you were even mentioning earlier with, with Bob Thornton with what he did. Yes. I mean, could you have thought of a better coach for this team? Because this team, like the team that he was having to lead, in the way he always. He always said the right thing at the right time. Like, yeah. he never, obviously, he would blow up at times, but he always knew, like, this is what the team needs right now. Like, do you feel as though, like, that that coach embodiment that he put together was just why he was able to do so well in this movie? Yes. I feel like he's he's so versatile and he has so much range. He's played every character under the sun. And when you when he's he played such a good role for this movie, I couldn't see anybody else playing... Mm-hmm. Coach Gary Gaines. I don't see anybody else. I couldn't see Kevin Costner do it. I couldn't see um well Kevin Costner asked would probably have been a decent coach, but I don't think he would have brought it out like I don't Billy think he Bob. would have been as good at yeah as Billy Bob. I don't think he would have brought it out like Billy Bob. There's I think there's other guys that would have came and, and did a decent job. But I think Billy Bob has that right aggression that that, yes, that that's what it is. That's, that's the word. Yeah, yeah. The, the snappiness, the turning on and off like a head coach. It is genuine. It is not like, you know, I think it was just perfect how he did it. He, his role was really... It's not know, robotic. It's not. <laughs> it's not. Because, you know, like Tay Diggs in um, American, what was the... All American. It came back. Came back last night or Monday night. So trash. <laughs> trash. <laughs> I would not play for him. His, 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 he's a great dad, though. Great, he's a great dad, though. Yeah. Great dad. <laughs> a, 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 a level dad. <laughs> but as a coach. Trash, nah. bro. It's like, it's the demeanor of a coach. You, are you a fan of All-American? Are you, no. are you a fan of that show? I, I think I watched, <laughs> I think whoever I was talking to at the time when it first came, I think I watched season one. After that, I didn't watch it. I'm not even, because then it's like, it's not real football. Because I'm, I'm a football guy. And these routes he's running and this, how they, and the movie that we're talking about that exactly. is exactly. Like, Do you not see the plays the pinnacle, in the, the pinnacle? Yes, the pinnacle the difference. Like it seemed realistic. Man. They took the time to actually like like to the t- to the science of football. That's why I love this movie, this movie so bad. Like you see perfection. all these other films that depict football movies, and I'm like, bro, y'all could have really got players who really played the game to play these roles, these these Westcom roles. Cause it, that's all we're asking. That's Chavez, all we're asking. Nothing else. <laughs> what's that? What's his actor name that played Chavez? I'm not even rem- familiar with his name, but he was phenomenal. He looked like a real high school football player. The guy that played Don, um, he looked like a real uh, Gary. Uh, I think his name was Garrett. He played in Four mm-hmm. Brothers. He looked like a real high school fullback. Oh yeah, linebacker. Yeah. Like it was. But they, whoever did the casting did a great job. Chef's kiss. Yes. Goodness. And this is why I'm one of the top 10. I, I, I would say top five. My oh, top sure. five. It's solidified. Yes. It, it is definitely solidified. Um, 
Well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Winter Burns, along my counterpart, Sabah Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you later.